Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Engine Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Man, oh man, oh man. I don't know what even to say or where to even to begin when it comes to week four and week four of college football and week three of the NFL. Man, anything that pretty much from my from my side, anything that could go wrong did go wrong. I haven't made a bet in years, put it that way. Uh, when I mean years, it's been a minute since I made any kind of bet on anything. And I made a bet to one of my coworkers. Um, I took the New England Patriots. And I was even offering the points. I was offering him the spread against Detroit. This was weeks, you know, in advance. Like, we're talking, like, still preseason. You know what I mean? But my co-worker's like, I got Detroit straight up. I'm like, all right. I took New England for that Sunday night game. While wow, this was still in the preseason. I was confident, you know, Lions 0-2, you know, they they lose the opener against the uh, the Jets, rookie quarterback Sam Darnold threw over, all over them Monday night, you know what I mean, and, you know, they lose back-to-back games, they start the season 0-2, I'm like, man, going up against Tom Brady, the GOAT, New England, at Detroit Sunday night, no way, no how, Detroit's beating them. And sure enough, some particular reason, Detroit just decided to have their Eli Manning moment where as if it's like when Detroit faces a, a great team and the odds are stacked against them somehow, some way, shape, or form on a particular night, Detroit balls out. Same thing with Eli Manning. If the Giants just somehow make it to the playoffs and Eli Manning, you know, he can throw 20 interceptions in the regular season, but as soon as they hit the playoffs, you know, he just flips that switch and the Giants just go on a roll and make it to the Super Bowl. He's the best quarterback in the league. And right now, you know, last night, you know, Truth be told, I got to give credit where credit is due, Lions fans. I've been harping on y'all all season long, but hey, last night Stafford was the better quarterback. Between him and Brady, he outplayed Brady. Final scores 26-10. Stafford balled out 27-36, 262 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Uh, Tom Brady, he was 14-26, 133 yards, one touchdown, one interception. You know, for any other quarterback, that would be probably good or solid, you know, solid stats to get the job done. But for Brady, this is very unorthodox. It's just, you know, something not usual, put it that way. And this Kirion Johnson, 16 carries, 101 yards. First 100-yard rusher for Detroit, and God knows how how long it's been since they had a 100-yard rushing game. Um, but I just man, 26 to 10. I first half it was 13 to three, and I'm just like, you know what? It's the first half. Just wait. Lions will dwindle down. You know, I mean, the momentum will shift back to New England's favor. But 
for some particular reason now, it's just like, I don't know. It's <laughs> Matt Patricia beat Bill Belichick. And I'm just like, wow. And so it's just like one of two things happened last night. It's just like either Detroit was very lucky or New England's defense is just that bad. So who knows? I mean, it's just, uh And Bortles, Blake Bortles, the week before, threw for, what, four touchdowns against New England? The week prior. So I, I don't know. New England's one and two, folks. And the division leader out of the AFC South is the Miami Dolphins, who they are 3-0. So, I don't know. It's just, man, this uh, this season has been very eccentric, to say the least. It's been crazy, man. Oh, God. But uh, Thursday night, Browns finally got their very first win. First win since, like, December of 2016. Uh, Tyrod Taylor got hurt. Baker Mayfield went in, and he led their Browns to their first win. And Browns fans celebrated in a historical fashion as if as if they won the Super Bowl. And it looked like, I swear, I thought they are going to make a statue out of that young man. But uh, first win, we'll see how the rest of the season goes. We'll see how the you know season develops with Baker Mayfield and whatnot. So... Josh Gordon went to to New England now. They traded him for a fifth-round pick. He didn't play last night, though, so we didn't see that preview. He didn't play. I don't know why or what the circumstances would have been, but he didn't play for New England last night. Uh, New Orleans, again, involved in another shootout. 43-37, they come out on top by six against the Atlanta Falcons, their division rival, Drew Brees, 30 39 of 49, three passing touchdowns. He's playing like he's still in his prime. It's nuts. Um, Patrick Mahomes playing like he's been in the league for four or five years. 24, 38, over 300 yards, three passing touchdowns as he led the Chiefs. 38 to 27 against the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL, so he's out for the season. I don't even know who their backup is for San Fran. Um... Might want to look towards free agency possibly or pick up Kaepernick. Uh, Miami Dolphins, they come out on top. Like I said, they're 3-0 on the season. They win 28-20. And um, Oakland Raiders are 0-3. Uh, John Gruden has still yet to eclipse a win since November of 2008, the last time he got his W in his coaching career. That 10-year, $100 million, $100 million contract. Isn't looking too good right now. So, I don't know. John Gruden, Chuck, Chucky, whatever. Chucky Cheese, whatever you want to call him, the nickname. You better get his thing together, man. Because it ain't looking too good. 0-3. You got to, oh, God. So, who knows? I don't even know how that's going. That Cleo Mack trade. That, that, that shit did everything. Buffalo Bills beat the Vikings 27-6. Nothing really too shabby. Nothing big came out of the game. Well, I mean, Josh Allen made his debut, so he he had his first career rushing touchdown. 
Eagles win 20 to 16. Carson wins 25 to 37, 255 yards, one pass and touchdown in his first return since he tore his ACL back last year of like week 12 or somewhere around there. Um, Redskins beat the Green Bay Packers 31 to 17. Aaron Rodgers 27 of 44, two passing touchdowns. Adrian Peterson. Looking solid so far, 19 carries, 120 yards, two rushing touchdowns as he carried that team for two rush, or excuse me, for uh, the Washington Redskins, 31-17. Carolina Panthers hanging in there. Uh, That was a solid matchup. Uh, They handled the Bengals their first loss of the season, 31-21. Chris McCaffrey went off, 28 carries, 184 yards. Titans win <laughs> and uh close one nine to six. Almost like a baseball score. But anyhow, Tennessee Titans win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh nothing really historical about that at all, really. Baltimore Ravens handled their thing. Uh, beat the Denver Broncos twenty-seven to fourteen. Flacco twenty-five of forty, two hundred and seventy-seven yards, one passing touchdown. New York Giants get their first win of the season. Houston Texans still winless as they lost. Excuse me. As uh as they lost to New York 27 to 22. Deshaun Watson 24 40, 385 yards, two passing touchdowns. Shaquan Barkley 17 carries, 82 yards, one passing touchdown. Odell again uh, proving as to why he's one of the most highest paid uh, wide receivers in the league. Nine receptions, 109 yards. Um, man, the Rams, they're, uh, they're looking dangerous every every week. They just seem to not slow up. 35-23 to to beat the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Jared Goff, 29-36, 354 yards, three passing touchdowns. Ty Gurley, 23 carries, 105 yards, one touchdown. That team is scary. Look out for them. I would not be surprised if they make it to the Super Bowl this year. This could be their year. Sean McAvee, that coach, is doing amazing things with that team. It's nuts, especially for how young he is. Chicago Bears beat the Cardinals 16-14. They were down 14-3 in the first half and rallied back. Mitchell Trubisky, eh, like I said, I, I'm going to stay with my first uh, account of him. I think he's just a... You know, he's a solid quarterback, but he's not the quarterback they want to lead the franchise with. I think Chicago should, you know, start scouting already. You know, it's just, I, Trubisky's one of those quarterbacks It's just like, eh, he's solid for a backup. He's not the guy. He's not the man to take you to the promised land. You know what I mean? He's more of a Charlie Batch or Vinny Testaverde or Chad Pennington. He's kind of on that level. Not saying that's bad. It's just, he's a backup quarterback type of guy. That it's going to be able to get the job done, but not so much lead you to the promised land. Dallas Cowboys. Oh, uh, what can you say? Their uh, Seahawks get their first win against Dallas, 24-13. Russell Wilson did his thing, 16-26, 192 yards, two passing touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, 16 carries, 127 yards rushing. And Dak Prescott has yet to throw for over 200 yards in the past, like, 10 games or something like that. Some kind of crazy stat. But nonetheless, Dak Prescott is still still showing to, that he still struggles. I don't get it. Um, I don't know. 
definitely uh, not making his mark on when he first did win his rookie campaign. But uh, that was the review we got tonight, though. Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh Steelers against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks are 2-0. My Steelers 0-1-1. Ryan Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Conor McGregor, has been playing lights out like none other. It's been nuts. James Conner, he's been doing his thing. Jason Jackson has been doing his thing. Uh, it's not the offense, it's the defense. So when everyone's saying, oh, Le'Veon Bell needs to come back and help Pittsburgh, he ain't the problem. Pittsburgh's offense is just fine. It's just the defense. When you give up 40 points, there's only so much your offense can do. When you put up 37 points, your defense should be able to stop at least, you know, three, four possessions. At least two. Good God. But they struggled with that against Kansas City uh, last week. And Patrick Mahomes threw all over them. So, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's been he's been playing hot. So, who knows? Um, I'm rooting for them. Uh, it's at Tampa tonight. 77 degrees. So, solid weather. Partly cloudy. Not too shabby. Hopefully, Pick can get that first win of the season. Get that monkey out their back. And... Get that. Uh, get the team to remain. Uh, keep the composure. Keep everything on lock. You know, too many locker room problems with Tony Brown and Levon Bell and this and that. It's just, man, y'all gotta keep that secluded. Keep it tight. Don't let the media see that. The media sees that and it exposes that. Other teams are gonna react to that and they're gonna see that and they're gonna see that our team is vulnerable. That's just my perspective of it. But nonetheless, uh, Tampa Bay Pittsburgh Steelers tonight Monday Night Football. But with that being said, that was a review of week three, the NFL, man. Uh, like I said, it's been a crazy week. I'm, I'm down money. I, I took for just, uh, you know, 20 bucks for, I took New England straight up against Detroit. Nonetheless, that's the moral of the story. My first time betting and God knows how long, and that's just my luck. The Lonely Lions did the impossible and beat the GOAT and Tom Brady, so... I don't know where to begin or start with that. But with that being said, uh, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to Injury Reserve Podcast. Welcome back. This is Injury Reserve Podcast with your host, Mitchell Anderson. So, week four of the college football, uh, man, things are starting to get heated up. Nonetheless, uh, teams in the top 25 are starting to show a little weaknesses or starting to show a little more strength. So, let's get right into it. So, Stanford and Oregon was a crazy game, probably the game of the week in my opinion. Um, Oregon was beating Stanford in the first half, 24-7, to and then... Uh, then come the fourth, it was, uh, you know, 21 to 24 going in the fourth. Eventually, Stanford and Oregon end up going into overtime, and Stanford stays on top again, beating Oregon 38 to 31. Stanford ranked number seven, Oregon ranked number 20th in the country. Uh, Notre Dame still undefeated, ranked eighth in the nation, uh, 56 to 27 against Wake Forest. I'm just kind of skeptical because it's just like, Seems Notre Dame is kind of like, you know, on on the, like, their defense is like iffy to me. Their offense is clicking. 
but the the defense is just like uh it's like you got to ask yourself can you i mean if you're Notre Dame can you really afford to put you know have teams like Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State put up 27 points on you and you can still get that W you know you know what I mean so it's just that's how I put it, put into it uh Auburn uh throttle Arkansas 34 to 3 Washington eh it's Washington. It's a Pac-12 team. They beat Arizona State 27-20. But the thing is, it's Washington. So they're never going to get the credit where credit is due, especially when you're pay- playing in the pot- Pac-12. Uh, they've never been a respectful conference. You know what I mean? So it's it's just, ugh. Uh, number 12, West Virginia Virginia beat Kansas State 35-6. to I don't know what's going on with that program. Kansas State used to be a very modest and respectable program. Coach Snyder, when he was there in his early years, they were a dangerous program and a force to be reckoned with, when, especially when it came to the Big 12. They were beating teams like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You know what I mean? And teams like, and also West Virginia. And they were you know, a respectable team that was always ranked in the top 25. Uh, Coach Snyder left. And then they the program went downhill. That now he's back, and they'll have past couple years they've been okay, but it's not the program that he used to have it at. So it's just like, is Coach Snyder on bar time now? Is he gonna be on the hot seat? You can't really, you know, he made the program what it was and what it made respectable, but now it's just like, uh. I don't know, thirty-five to six. It's gonna be, it's gonna be if his season for Kansas State, nonetheless. Uh, if they even make a bowl game, put it that way. Uh, Old Dominion, zero and three against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was two and zero going to Old Dominion. I don't know why. And man, the odds is just insurmountable. Like you have a backup quarterback playing against an, the thirteenth ranked team in the nation. Grant, I, I mean, I get it. It's at home, but still, it's just like Vatek started the game right off, you know, up 7-0 right away. I'm like, all right, it's, you know, it's probably going to look like one of those games where they'll win by like three, four touchdowns. Old Dominion will make it respectable at first because it's a home game, but eventually Vatek will pull away. And by eventually, in the first half, it's 14-14. It's like Old Dominion starts to get that little bit of confidence. And it's like, all right, you know, this is home. We got this, boys. You know what I mean? And then it's 28 to 21 going in the fourth. You know what I mean? Vatek's up by a touchdown. And sooner or later, Old Dominion's like, boys, we got this. And they put up 28 points to Virginia Tech's seven in the fourth and just end up pulling it off 49 35, get their first one of the season. They're one and three. Virginia Tech's two and one. Uh, Kentucky beat Mississippi State. Uh, Kentucky's four and all. They're four and all. You know, uh, and the SEC, uh, they beat Mississippi State, 14th-ranked team in the nation. Uh, Texas Tech throttled Oklahoma State, who's ranked 15th in the nation, 41-17. Both teams are 3-1. Texas, uh, back-to-back big wins. Uh, they beat USC last week, and now they beat TCU. Uh, TCU suffering back-to-back uh, tough losses now. I think they're still suffering that hangover against Ohio State. So they're two and two on the season. Wisconsin beat Iowa, uh, 28-17. Miami, 21th in the nation, uh, 31-17. They're three and one. Uh, Mark Rick's doing solid things for that program ever since he's gotten there from when he left from Georgia and Miami. I think they'll be a solid team, not the U we used to know. 
but I think he'll, you know, he's get, he's definitely making that program relevant again. Uh, maybe I don't know, two, three years, they might be a contender. Who knows? It's gonna take some time. But nonetheless, you know, it's cool to see teams like the U relevant again. You know, what I mean, uh, Boston College lost to Purdue. Purdue get their first one of the season because of that beating twenty third uh, Boston College thirty thirteen. Michigan State beat Indiana 35-21. BYU beat McNeese 30-3. My Michigan Wolverines throttled Nebraska, which I was actually kind of impressed and surprised because I've been harping on them as well. Uh, I, you know, I checked the score on that game. They're up 39-0 in the first half, and that's not usually Michigan football because they always play up to the standards of that other particular program. They always play to their competition, but they definitely uh, – they, uh, you know, they uh, definitely pulled the trigger on that team. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that pedal to the metal. Nonetheless, uh, just man, they balled out. Put it that way. Uh, Alabama, Texas A and M. Uh, Bama pulled it off, forty-five to twenty-three. Uh, one by twenty-two. Bama was up uh, thirty-one to thirteen. And um, I don't know. It's just. Uh, yeah, it was, you know, Texas A&M, they just kind of like, eh, lost by three scores. I don't know why, because Nick Saban, man, that man is always angry, it seems. He's always angry on the sideline for some particular reason, especially when they're up 22. It's like, dude, like, chill out. I get it. You're, you know, you're a respectable cr- program. You got to be on your players, and that's the reason why you got so many national titles and where your program is today. But, dude, chill out. You're up 22. You're going to get the W. You know, you're not going to have every good, great game. I get it. You want to correct your players and get them to the right mindset and, the, you know, where you want to be. But, man, just chill. Like, you're going to get yourself a heart attack. But either way. And then Georgia, they beat Missouri, giving Missouri their first loss of the season, 43-29. Georgia undefeated, 4-0. Uh, Missouri 3-1 of the year. Clemson still undefeated, 49-21 to beat Georgia Tech. Ohio State throttled Tulane 49-6. to Army, my 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 boys, the Army Golden Knights almost pulled off the upset. Um, the the Sooners beat them 28 to 21, but some particular reason Oklahoma struggled with that wing T offense this past week. I don't know why. Uh, Kyle Kyler Murray looked fantastic for Oklahoma. The quarterback 11 15 165 yards, three passing touchdowns. It's I don't get it. Army literally threw the ball nine total times the entire game. And for that total time, though, Army's possession was like, I they had the ball for like, I think it was like 44 minutes out of the entire game to compare to Oklahoma's like 15 minutes. And it's just, man, so I don't know. Army almost did it. And, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. They're 2-1-2 on the year. Oklahoma's 4-0 for the season. But, man, that's crazy. Uh, LSU pulled it off 38-21 against Louisiana Tech. Uh, that's about it for the top 25. Uh, but, like I said, um, teams are starting to show some strengths and weaknesses when it comes to the top 25. Oh, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Penn State and Nittany Lions ranked in the top 10. 4-0. They beat Illinois 63-24 in their Big Ten opener. But, with that being said, uh, now we're starting to get in the conference play now. And this is where the real battle test is starting to come. You know what I mean? So it's just like, uh, 
Michigan's gonna have Maryland. They're solid. You know, they're three and one. Um, you know, Bama, all these guys. Uh, let, I'm gonna stick to my guns. Big Ten is now what the SEC was ten years ago. Big Ten is tough, man. Uh, it ain't no joke. A lot of great coaches that are, uh, in that conference. You know, so it's just I don't know. We'll see. Uh, comp, like I said, conference play is just definitely different, nonetheless. So it's it's gonna be interesting how this season goes. I'm gonna still stick to uh, my prediction. What I made, I I think it comes down to Ohio State and Alabama for the national title game. But uh, you know, it's only week four, so who knows? I I you know I can you know all it takes is one particular play and one loss, and that swerves that team in that other direction when it comes to the the bowl championship championship series and whatnot and how they do all the polls and the rankings this and that and when it comes to the college football playoff championship contenders this and that but with that being said i'm gonna take a quick little break and you are listening to inter reserve podcast Welcome back. This is Injured Reserve. So, I made my predictions for college football in the, you know, early predictions for college football, national title, and whatnot. Here, here's how I see things fit with that NFL. Two teams out of each conference that's, you know, I think it's going to be close. Uh, out of the AFC, I see... Um, First two teams that come to my mind, it's not even New England, to be honest with you. Uh, I see Jacksonville, Kansas City. One of those two teams I can definitely see going to the Super Bowl, represent the AFC this year. Uh, man, it just, I know Patrick Mahomes is only a rookie quarterback in Kansas City, but so far, Andy Reid is making that sy- system work like none other. It's clicking on all cylinders. Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, uh, that, that entire offense is just, is just flooded with young talent, and if it's not going to be this season, it's definitely going to be within the next two, three years. I promise you that. Uh, New England, I don't know. I just don't see them coming back again concerning the fact that Brady and Belichick, that era is going to be over after this season. I promise you. I don't know who's going, who's leaving, but uh, one of those two is going to go, and I think it's going to be Belichick, to be honest with you. Robert Kraft has too much of a... (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, has too much of a love relationship with Tom Brady. And he's just, Belichick is, he's so smooth, he's so cool with it, considering the fact that he's a businessman. You know, he, he, it's not like he doesn't love for his players in the previous relationships that he's had before. But truth be told, when it comes down to it, low key, Bill Belichick is a businessman. He doesn't, it's nothing personal. He wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo in New England. He was the future and key of that organization. And now, it, uh, I'll say it, they shit the bed on that. I, I'll be honest. I really think they did. Because once Bra- Brady's 41, what happens when he's gone? Who's the future there in New England? And they, uh, you, you have no one to fall back on. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is, to be honest with you. So that's something they got to deal with. Who knows how that's going to go down. But like I said, uh, Jacksonville, I think, is going to represent the AFC um, this year, 
Uh, it's going to come down to Jacksonville, Kansas City. I think Jacksonville takes it and represents the AFC. This year, uh, for the NFC, I don't see Philly making their return to the Super Bowl as well. Uh, I definitely see, uh, honestly, New Orleans or the Los Angeles Rams this year. I think um, the you know, Rams with that type of offense and that defense – both both sides very young. Eric Donald, uh, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, uh, Sean McAvee is their head coach. And the chemistry is just, it's clicking, man. It's there. It's just, it's definitely something cool to see. I know a couple Rams fans that had to go through those rough years with Jeff Fisher. You know, they had their little run. Um, you know, I mean, I think, was it Jeff Fisher? Hold on, because I'm, I'm running a blank right now. <coughs> Because uh, all those years, man, uh, Rams did have a solid run for the most part. Hold on, I got I got to Google this. Excuse me. Usually I know this off the top of my head. Was he? Did he coach for the Rams? I, I might be losing it. Uh, forgive me on this one. Yeah, he did coach for the Rams. That's right. Oh, God. I got to see here. Yeah, so his era in St. Louis was just very poochies. Um, I don't even know how he lasted this long, to be honest with you. Because he had his little stint in Tennessee, and I get that. Um, and it's it, it was respectable. But it was just uh, uh, two, four, six. Oh, that's, you go, God, how many seasons is that? That's 16 seasons in Tennessee, and you make the playoffs six times. It's just like, eh. And the first two, three, four, five, it's for, after his first five years, you know, Houston, and then technically, then they went to Tennessee. Jeff Fisher's era there should have been gone. And then also he took them to the Super Bowl and, you know, but I don't know. Jeff Fisher's an overrated coach. That's just my, that's just my opinion. And it didn't help much that he, he could have been partly responsible, responsible for ruining Vince Young's career. Cause he's definitely not a quarterback coach. That's for damn sure. Um, but, yeah, to see uh, St. Louis Rams fans go through that little era of Jeff Fisher and just, you know, they had Jared Goff, and it would think, like, uh, well, so much for the future with Jared Goff. And all of a sudden, they get this young man out of nowhere who's barely over the age of 30, and, uh, Sean McAvee, and, man, they make the playoffs and do all this. And so I think they're still young. Just like Kansas City is. Hence why I think, you know, it will come down between the Los Angeles Rams and New Orleans. I think New Orleans will make one last run at the Super Bowl. Breeze will get his uh, second ring, solidify his legacy even further as he just uh, uh, added another big stat to his career last uh, yesterday with most completions in NFL history. Um, he passing... Um, God, who'd he pass? Like Brett Favre or Manning or whoever it was. But nonetheless, he, he's thrown for more 
uh, completions in the NFL history now as a quarterback. So kudos to him. I think he'll get one more ring, and hence he'll, with that ring, he'll – uh, make the argument for comparison as as uh, being the GOAT, put it that way. So, which is fair to say. But uh, I think New Orleans and Jacksonville will go head-to-head. And I think New Orleans will take it this year in the Super Bowl. And then uh, the Rams in Kansas City and Jacksonville. And um, who else? I think Houston as well. Granted, they're own three, but I think they have a a great season as well ahead of or great uh, future ahead of them as well. So uh, definitely gonna be a turning point. We're gonna see things different for the next uh, six seven years. It's not gonna be a typical New England, Pittsburgh, or Green Bay, or uh, uh, I'm trying to think of someone else that dominates. Um, I guess Seattle. So it's definitely it's going to be the era of Kansas City, Jacksonville. Um, I think Carolina will still be relevant, and then um, <clears throat> Atlanta, and then the Rams as well. So, but with that being said, I think the Super Bowl will definitely be Jacksonville against New Orleans. New Orleans will take it. Breeze will, will retire on top, and that'll be the end of it. So. That's my prediction for the Super Bowl this year. So, but uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break, and you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back. This is Into Reserve Podcast. And man, uh, I, now I'll take a little break from sports after all the reviews and whatnot. And we're all starting up back up the week. It's Monday. You know, the, the motivation is like, meh, where's the coffee at? This and that. Me, I my candy ass has just started uh, trying to get back in the swing of things of running again and whatnot. I'm sore, man. My... Definitely not in the army shape like I used to be. That's for damn sure when I was back in the service two years ago. But uh, <coughs> I'm still thankful that I'm out. Don't get it twisted. Uh, but anyhow, this past weekend, had a great time with a couple of my boys. Um, went and saw J. Cole, downtown Detroit, man. Fun time, amazing. It was my first time checking out, you know, the nightlife and the bar scenes come, you know, down in Detroit. And I haven't been in downtown Detroit in God knows, oh God, probably easily eight years, no doubt. But uh, it was fun, man. Uh, J. Cole Live, amazing. Definitely amazing performance. Um, I, I haven't seen too many concerts in my life. Uh, I've only seen ACDC, Shine Down, Godsmack, J. Cole, and that's it basically. And uh, all amazing concerts. I'm happy. All the artists that you know I've seen so far are are put put on great performances. He's great. He's enthusiastic. He gets into the crowd. He's 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 just motivating. He's constantly moving up and down the stage and getting everyone into it. That's what I like about all artists. That's why I appreciate about their art and about their performance. They get everyone in tune with it. So it's definitely a fun time, man. Little Caesars Arena. Um, still not a fan of the uh, the name, 
But overall, I mean, the the stadium is great. So much spacing in front of. From what I've heard, I never been inside Joe Louis Arena, but I guess Joe Louis Arena is kind of like very like uh, claustrophobic. I guess in a sense, not a lot of space, not a lot of room. Everything's narrow. I mean, it is a very old school stadium, a lot of history there, which is kind of sad to see that place go. But nonetheless, I like I said, I've never been in there. Little Caesars Arena is great. It's very beautiful. Uh, we had some high seats, but truth be told, you really couldn't have a bad seat in the house there. They definitely designed that building perfectly. But J. Cole put on a great performance, played some uh, most of his most songs since it is the quote-unquote uh, KOD tour. But he played some old school songs as well. Um, my 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 opinion definitely uh, when it comes to his best work. I enjoyed his newest album. KOD was awesome. Um, I was so so on his uh, his previous album. For your eyes only was meh. It was okay. I wasn't really too big into it. To be honest with you. Uh, Forest Hills Drive, though, I think that was his best one, no doubt. There isn't a bad song on that album. Uh, one of those rare albums you can play from front to back and just, you know, just go. That's it. There isn't a bad song on there. I love it. Uh, just, I don't know. It's definitely, um, if I have to, it's his best album. Um, I probably make an argument that'd be my top 10 albums if i had to make a top 10 list of albums i had to listen to for the rest of my life that one would probably be up there no doubt it's uh it's it's hard i can't think of you know all the albums right now to put in my top 10 but four sills drive definitely his best work no doubt my favorite album uh nonetheless out of his discography he's a great performer he seems like a real genuine guy. He actually, you know, he he talked to all of us, the, the crowd, I mean. So it was it was just cool, man. The KOD tour, if you, you get a chance to go see J. Cole live, go check him out. Uh, as for the warm-ups, you know, I didn't we kind of run late. We didn't really see Jaden Smith. Uh, Young Thug, eh, he was okay. Wasn't didn't really care for him so much. Uh, I know a few of his songs, but I can't really name them, you know what I mean? If I heard it, it's like, okay, I've heard of this before. But I think most of the songs that he played were like he was featured in, you know what I mean? So it's just like, eh, didn't really care for it. So, But J. Cole, if you get a chance, check out J. Cole Live. You have the opportunity. KOD Tour still going on, I think, up until the end of fall, at least I think. So, But, man, he was, he was great. Definitely... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, definitely a 10 out of 10 performance. Amazing. But uh, with that being said, uh, that's all I got to say, you know, for this week on this episode on my podcast. Th- uh, again, thanks to anyone that's still listening and whatnot. I appreciate the support. I got a Facebook page out now, uh, Injured Reserve. It's simple as that. Uh, the, the profile pick is IR, so it's not that hard to spot if you're looking for it. Uh, you can follow my Twitter. I don't go on Twitter that much, to be honest with you. Rio underscore Anderson 92. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at, you know, at fatboy.1992. So, but anyhow, with that being said, I appreciate uh, uh, everyone listening in and whatnot. You all have a great week. It's Monday. I know. Hang in there. Get some coffee. Do what you got to do. 
kick some ass this week. Uh, until next week, y'all have a good one. God bless.